Hey, Magic fans, Dante Marcatelli here from the Orlando Magic in Fox Sports, Florida. You're listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from the guys at Orlando Magic UK. Now it's over to Paul, Garen, and Mikey. Go Magic! What's up, Magic fans? Welcome to episode 37 of Orlando Magic UK's podcast, Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm joined, as usual, by the gruesome twosome. Sorry, Mike, I've stole that off you. Uh, Mike, on, it was my line to start with. <laughs> oh, was it? All right, butt out. <laughs> How's it going, Mikey? All good, man. All good, thank you. Season's over, so uh, we can uh, enjoy the off-season now, can't we? In fact, can I just start by saying the podcast, right? Aren't we all so happy the Lakers are out? <laughs> I've been trying to find a fishing rod to, to, to bring on the show today, but I couldn't find one. But uh, man, it was good to see them get dumped out against the Suns. Absolutely. And uh, Mr. Paul, uh, uh, Mr. Paul Bacon, how are you, mate? <laughs> all right, matey. Thank you. Yes, all good, mate. Enjoyed. Those few days of a break that we've had from doing everything OMUK, it's been a nice uh, refresh, but it's good to be back on the horse and doing this tonight. That's it, that's it. So we're delighted to be joined uh, this evening by Anthony and Al, who are hosts of the Ozone podcast. So if you haven't listened to the guys, uh, they have a great show that you can tune into on YouTube and all the podcast um, suppliers. Uh, they've had some fantastic guests on there. Uh, Daryl Armstrong, Dante Marcatelli, Brian, um, not Brian Hill, we've had him. Um, well, David Steele, Bo Outlaw, Michael Carter-Williams, Wesley Wundu, just to name but a few. Uh, how are you guys? Are you all good? Good, good. Appreciate the Dwayne. introduction. Paul, is there any re- um, is there any correlation with uh, Dwayne Bacon? You guys really- <laughs> uh, mate, he, is, he is referred to, yeah, he's referred to as Cousin. So there you go. <laughs> it's co- there's, there's cousin Kevin and cousin Dwayne. <laughs> nice man. We're we're excited to be on the show. Cool. Thank you guys. Um, so welcome, for anyone, guys. Who, so for anyone who doesn't know who you are, guys, can you tell us about yourselves and how you became Magic fans? Anthony, kick it off. Yeah. So, uh, man, I'm born and raised in Orlando. So uh, my my father growing up, he was a diehard Shaquille O'Neal fan, kind of followed him through LSU. Um, and then when he came to Orlando and, um, you know, I was born around 89. So it was kind of just the the thing that my dad wanted to do with, with his newborn son. So it was kind of just growing up cool. watching the Orlando Magic. What ended up happening a little bit afterwards is that, again, my dad was more of a Shaq fan than he was a Magic fan. So my uh, my dad decided to to move with Shaq and be a Laker fan immediately after. So um, I kind of I kind of stayed home, man. Um, now what what ends up happening is you know at, at that age you really don't really grasp like at five six seven years old you really don't grasp the game that much. Um, not not for me anyways. So it wasn't until Tracy McGrady came around that you know I I really became a a diehard. The whole Hard and Hustle, Daryl Armstrong, Bo Outlaw. Tracy McGrady. That's really what kind of hooked me and and reeled me in, and you know it's been it's been a hard hustle ever since. Well, for me, for me, it was a little bit different. So for me, I grew up into basketball as well, but I was always a player fan. So I was always a Vince Carter fan since day one. That was my guy. 
as he got older, I transitioned to Stephen Curry, and that's kind of the guy that I followed for the longest time. But in that time frame, one thing you'll find out about me pretty shortly here is I'm not a LeBron fan at all. So back in 09, when the Magic beat the Cavaliers, I'm like, wait, that team is fun to watch. They got Dwight, all this three-point shooting. They're fun to watch. So I started following them more and more closely. That same offseason, Vince Carter comes to the Magic. So I'm like, oh, man, this is perfect. So ever since that day, I became a diehard Magic fan. I've watched every single game, followed the team along. To add to the story, I used to, I used to live near Boston before. I moved to Orlando in 2016. And my wife and I just would start to do something fun. We're like, hey, why don't we get season tickets and just go to every game, get to know, get to meet people, get to just get to know the, the city a little better. So ever since then, we've been going to every single Magic game. We've become, again, diehards. Uh, when they're not playing at home, we're watching the games at home. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of how I became a Magic fan. And, and then, of course, I've met a great group of guys uh, along the process, including Anthony. And, and again, that fandom has grown ever since that time. Al has had every single reason not to be a Magic fan, and he still decides to, <laughs> to do it. So that's awesome. And we, we got to meet you, Al, didn't we? At the, uh, the playoffs in 2019. Um, I mean, Mikey dug a photo up uh, a couple of uh, weeks I think ago. It, Just, I think it was Jeannie, wasn't it? Posted it on Twitter uh, yeah, it weeks, yeah. weeks ago now. And you sent that's me a message, right. Al, didn't you? Saying, I didn't realize we actually met each other before the game. I think it was game four, wasn't it? We, we caught up in Harry Buffalo's before the game, but uh, that's so did right. you guys? Did you guys start the podcast before that? We started it actually when it was in November 2019. So it was okay. after. So it was after we met you. Okay. okay, yes. Cool. Good but in that whole process, Anthony has been running Orlando Magic HQ on Instagram. Yeah. I was kind of just posting things on Twitter left and right about just the magic and kind of starting a little presence on Twitter. Um, so yeah, so back then the podcast was not even a, an idea just yet. Yeah, cool. So so tell us, after you know starting the podcast, how challenging was it to grow a following and keeping it fresh by finding new topics uh, you know, to talk about every week? You drop a podcast every week. It's very good. Yeah, so I mean, uh, number one, it's a lot of work. And you guys can, can recognize that, right? So you, you guys have been doing this for a while. Um, I always tell my friends and family, like, this is a part-time job that I have. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to do. It, it comes natural to us because we're such fans. But it's a lot of work. That's the number one thing. Um, truly, what we try to do is engage with our listeners and our followers. So whether it is on Orlando Magic HQ, on the podcast page, on Instagram or Twitter, we're asking for their feedback a lot. So we have two segments that we do. Uh, one of them is get it off your chest, which pretty much is when we're upset as Magic fans, tell us how you're feeling. And we pick a few. We talk about it on the podcast. Recently, we started something called a mailbag. And that helps us, again, just interact with our listeners. They yeah. ask us topics that they want to listen uh, and hear us talk about. So that keeps us fresh. That keeps us talking about things that are relevant to the listeners. And then, of course, with Orlando Magic HQ and just following the team in general, it's truly touching on every single topic about the magic, whether it's funny things like Shaq selling his house or things like us firing Coach Clifford yesterday. Like, we try to really cover everything about the magic from a simple little thing to a major breaking news. Um, but it's, it's, it's hard because like right now in the off season, there's not a lot going on. So we got to get creative. How do we, how do we keep it going? Yeah. Now, luckily this season is fun because we have two top picks, a coaching change. So it's going to be, it's going to be easy to keep things going. Um, but ultimately our goal is to keep quality and consistency. 
that that we think is our key to, to be successful and to keep our listeners coming back to us is keep that episode every single week there and keep quality uh, among, uh, you know, above all. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Right. So we'll move on to one of our segments, which is magic news. Um, so first of all, I'm glad to tell you that we have no injury news uh, since the last <laughs> recording, and, unless Paul has done something in the past few weeks which hey, he hasn't mate, told all, us about. All good, mate. All good. Calamity is off the charts at the moment. I'm uh, all safe. Didn't I hear you bump yeah. into the garage door today? Or was that yesterday? So for those who don't know, so, so, so I've spent the weekend with Paul. Me and, my, me and my wife and my daughter went up to see Paul this weekend. And uh, I'm sure you've hurt yourself once or twice this weekend. Mate, I, I'm, I'm always walking into things. Yeah. Um, I, and I would love to say that it was the result of alcohol intake. Unfortunately, it was at breakfast time. There you go. <laughs> <It> was, uh, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just a clumsy old guy, mate. Yeah. So um, the big news this week then, uh, as um, Al's just picked up on, the Magic and head coach Steve Clifford mutually agreed to part ways yesterday, uh, bringing his tenure to an end after three seasons. So the franchise is now searching for his 15th head coach. Uh, What are your thoughts on the move? I'll go to Anthony first. Yeah. So initially when I, I was driving um, when I saw the uh, the alert, and the only thing I saw was a notification from Twitter saying Waj and Orlando. And anytime you see those two together, <laughs> um, it's always something groundbreaking. Um, and or an injury, or an injury, yeah, too many <laughs> yeah. of those. Um, and it, it merely gave me the same feelings I got when we uh, learned that we traded away uh, Nikola Vucevic. Mm-hmm. It was um, it was kind of a shock, kind of an all. Al and I, we've been we've been kind of talking about how you know we we think that it might it might be a possibility it might happen, and if it did happen, it would be you know mutual. Um, the fact that that was the case, it was kind of in my opinion, man. Where do we go from here? Because part of the reason why I really wanted to keep Cliff is because I really didn't see you know the available coaches on who would be really that much better. Um, than Coach Cliff. And for the most part, if you think back, Coach Clifford did a really, really good job with what he had. You know, people can point out of, you know, they weren't happy with his rotations. They can point out that, you know, we haven't had a winning record. But if you really think about what he had to kind of work through with the injuries and and a pandemic, you know, it's been a wild couple of seasons for for Cliff. And, you know, I'm I'm happy to at least say that we ended it on good terms because if we take a look at the last five or six right. coaches that we had, you know, the chance of us having a conversation with them ever again in the future is very, very slim to none. So, you know, I'm excited to see what, what kind of happens next, but uh, I'm glad that it ended the way that I did. Cool. Al? I mean, very similar. So we actually got on the phone <clears throat> right after the news broke. Uh, Anthony calls me and we're like, hey, like, we've been talking about this on our most recent episodes. And it, for me personally, something felt off about the way things ended. Um the season ended and one thing that Clifford said in one of his press conferences was, I did not deliver a end of season message to the guys. I just kind of told them, go away. We'll talk about it later on in the off season. Just go and enjoy kind of after the crazy season that we had. So that to me kind of felt off. And then you had Weltman who says, same thing. I sent the coaches away. I sent the team away. We'll pick up things in two weeks. Um, so that to me kind of just felt off. Um, and then we know that Normally, you don't see a coach entering his last year of his contract and, and playing it out. Usually, you either get extended or you get let go. 
And then, of course, all the things that happened, right? All the trades that happened. We're such a different team than we were back in 2019. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's night and day, right? So does Clifford want to go through that process? So all those things are kind of in the back of my head. So as we've talked about it in, in recent episodes, it became more and more real, the chance that we may be parting ways with Clifford. Now, like Ant mentioned, it's mutual, so that's a good thing. Personally, I'm excited because I think it makes sense. We need a voice that is young, a bit younger, fresher. And personally, I've been wanting an offensive-minded coach in Orlando. We haven't had that, it feels like, in forever. We need someone that can use these guys in a different way, that can speed up the, the pace of the game. Um, and I think hopefully that's what we get in the coming weeks. But it hurts to see him go because he was a great coach. But at the same time, it's exciting to see what, what may come out of this. Yeah, absolutely. Paul? Hey, um, I genuinely thank him for his time in Orlando. Um, but I'm excited for the fresh start. Yeah, I mean, what, he finishes with 96-131 record um, in the three seasons with us. He took virtually the same squad that we had under the previous tenureship and took us to the playoffs. Um, I, I, you know, I love the 2018-19 season. I thought it was a brilliant roller coaster ride. Thoroughly enjoyed it, and it culminated in getting to do something I'd never done before, and that was go to the playoffs. So, as far as I'm concerned, it was great. Um, I think it's really helpful that he's been honest with the management uh, and expressed that he doesn't feel. That or it appears he doesn't feel he wants to be part of a rebuild. And and you get that. At the stage of his career, I entirely get that. First, I, I like that he held the players accountable. I like he didn't celebrate moral victories and whatever. Um, yeah, we've all had criticisms of some of the rotations that he really did favour certain players. But I think you get that with any coach. Um, but this off-season we've potentially got two of the biggest decisions in Orlando Magic's history for some years. And let's be fair, the front office are going to be judged on those decisions. It's going to be their legacy one way or the other. Um, so I think as we entered a rebuilding process, it's understandable why it's happened and I'm excited for the change. Yeah, all good points. Mikey? Um, like Anthony, I thought that it was, it, I was surprised when I heard the news to begin with. Um, I felt like Cliff was the ideal coach for this young group at the moment. Um, I never think, I, I don't think any of us thought he was a long-term fit, even when he was hired a couple of years ago, it was almost like a stepping stone to that next development level for, for a lot yeah. of these players. Um, so in that, in that, in that, uh, in that way, he wasn't. It wasn't really the way to go forwards. Um, for me, I think that, like Al said, a younger coach is going to be a better, a better fit long term. Um, me and Paul had this conversation this weekend when we heard the news that yeah. Eric Spolster is one of the best coaches in the league, um, who came through the ranks, built built up and up and up from video coordinator to assistant coach to head coach and kind of learned that heat culture a little bit before he got given the main role. Um, and I feel like we need that long-term fit in Orlando now, especially with the younger group. Um, and we're going to talk about candidates shortly anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think one of the key points that Weltman talked about in this press conference was about everything's got to align. And I said this a few years ago when Frank Vogel left, 
or when there was talk that he was going to go, you, you've got to have a coach that that his philosophy fits with what the front office want at the, at the same time. So if Cliff yep. doesn't see that anymore, then you've got to make that move, whether it's mutually agreement or, or however it goes down. Um, so they need to find that coach who who fits what they want going forwards, really. Yeah, definitely. Um, as you said, yeah, it's one of the most important decisions. Do you think we'll get the coach before the draft, now bearing in mind, or do you think it'll be um, something that might happen after the draft? Do you think it's important? Oh, yeah, it's important. How? I think if you ask me, we probably will have a, a, an answer here with by the end of the month. I think you definitely have to go into the draft knowing who your coach is. Yeah, um, I agree. It just helps the structure of the team, right? No one's going to know what direction they want to go into. They got to be on the same page. Um, so I think if you ask me, within the next maybe three to four weeks, we'll have a new, a new head coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. So just let's have a little look at the potential head coach candidates that have been uh, mentioned. So I did a quick little look on uh, all the socials. So the names that have stood out, Terry Stotts, obviously, uh, having uh, left his position as the Blazers head coach. Um, Anthony Hardaway, and I know a lot of you like that, and some don't. Um, Chauncey Billups, Sam Cassell, Daryl Armstrong, Patrick Ewing, Jerry Stackhouse, uh, David Vanterpool, Becky Hammond, and Kenny Atkinson are the names that have been banded around. Um, for me, Vanderpool the Wolves assistant is my favourite just for the mere fact that he interviewed for the coaching job two seasons, two, three seasons ago uh, and made it to the final sort of cut. Didn't get it, of course. So there's that continuity that the front office have spoken to him, know know what he interviewed like. Um, He's gone away. He's learned his craft a little bit more. um, And I think he fits the timeline, like what you guys have said. He's what, in his 40s? Um, so to come on to a team like this might be a good idea. Um, a couple of um, people have said they want Penny Hardaway. Now I love I I love Penny. Everybody, everybody loves Penny Hardaway. But do you want to give Chris mentioned this? Um, he's in a UK Magic um, group chat, and I think it's a very valid point. Um, if you bring Penny Hardaway in from um, where is he Memphis, he hasn't got any NBA coaching experience. You give him a very young roster. If he starts losing, people get on his back. Um, you know, he could be fired in a season or two. And then sort of his name's a little bit muddied. Uh, the, the, you know, the water's muddied with his time in Orlando. So for me, I wouldn't go down the penny route. I'd go with Van der Poel. Um, so, Paul, what do you think? Who would you go for, mate? I definitely don't want Terry Stiles. Not a fan of the idea at all. Um, he... <laughs> He did little in Atlanta or Milwaukee. Portland, he arrived with what was already a strong call. They'd already got, um, I think it was uh, LaMarcus Aldridge. They got Lillard as a four-year college player, so he was already quite developed. Um, not for me. I don't want to see Terry Stotts. Um, one name that you didn't mention, G, that there is a little yeah. bit of history with, with for us, is Jason Kidd. Because uh, he was involved with um, John Hammond in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. So you've got, I think that we're going to ha- possibly see somebody who has some form of history with our front office. Mm-hmm. So you've got John Hammond there who's got the history from Milwaukee with Jason Kidd. I'm not convinced he'd be interested and I'm not sure 
with his record as, as a head coach, he's the guy to go with. But I think he's somebody interesting. Equally, Jerry Sackhouse has that history in Toronto with uh, Valton. Um, so there's that possibility there. The other play, the other two who I don't think you can discount entirely are Ty Corbin and Pat Delaney. Um, Pat Delaney's got good experience in the Miami side of things previously and interviewed for New York, I think it was last year, when they were searching for the replacement coach, uh, lost out. But he's he's an interesting potential. Um, right, any, I'll, I'll say this, anyone but Terry for me. I'm happy. But I do like the idea of Joe Stackhouse. Yeah. Mikey? I'll go to the guys first. I'll, I'll let those go. I'll go yeah. last. Go on, Anthony. Well, cop out. No, no, no. That's all right. I want to hear <laughs> what they want to say. I, I think for the most part, we're all pretty much on the same page. Um, I think Magic fans in general, they, we've all done a good job investigating our lists of potential head coaches that you know we all do a really good job at. Um, I agree. I'm not a fan of of Stotts. If he was able to do it with Damian Lillard and yeah. CJ McCollum, what is he going to do with you know RJ Hampton and Wendell Carter Jr.? Um, it was it was interesting because I just saw an article that said that um, that the Clippers players were mocking Dame Lillard about. Stats because you know he wasn't doing anything well with with his adjustments so i kind of feel like there's a there's a lack of respect um that maybe we haven't seen that there's a little bit more of um so i'm i'm trying to stay clear of of stats um the fact that he was actually the first name that was brought out maybe within minutes is also a concern for me i feel like that was just a name that you know reporters just try to throw out and you know it makes sense so it's got to be real right um one name that i I do want to see more of is, is Penny. I've seen a lot on social media that, you know, people don't want them. It's inexperienced, but how many, how many players turn coaches have we seen come in without any experience? And it kind of seems as if they do the same exact thing. You bring in a coach that used to be a great formal player that's inexperienced, but then you surround them with assistant coaches who do have the experience and it kind of has the balance there. I think that he's he's dealt enough with young players that he can connect to them at a certain level. Um, when he first started coaching, he went back to his alma mater in his middle school and then, you know, won a state championship there, went to Memphis where it was also his alma mater, um, recruited the number one recruiting class. He had players that were committed to Duke and to Kentucky and decided to pull out and play for Penny um and you know was able to take that team to their first NIT in a really really long time and you know for for him to come back to his alma mater in Orlando to me in my opinion would make sense one of the things that I feel like the Magic have lacked for a really really long time and it's around free agency is when you bring a free agent in who do you have to convince that player that this is a place to play when you have the Miami Heat you have Eric Spolstra, you have Alonzo Mourning, you have Tim Hardaway, you go to LA, they bring out, you know, Magic Johnson and, and bring out the rings and the banners. Yeah. Who do we have to do that? We really don't have that type of player to where you bring Penny in, go look at his highlights, Google him. You know, uh, Michael Jordan, the only one player that he's ever wore um, sneakers that weren't his were Penny Hardaway. Penny Hardaway wasn't just an average player. He wasn't just an okay, okay player. He was he was elite level. And if we're able to bring him back to Orlando in any capacity, and we're talking about connecting with young players, he's already shown that he's able to connect. If, you're, if your worry is that he's inexperienced, 
then go get assistant coaches who have that experience that way you can kind of have a fallback plan. Um, but I, as much as I would love to see Penny, um, you know, I, I, I don't see it happening, but you know, hopefully my fingers are crossed. Yeah. For me, it's gotta be, uh, I'm a big fan of Kenny Atkinson and what he did with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, yeah. so I watch a lot of that team <clears throat> when they were kind of developing right before KD and, and what it's become of that team. Um, and they were fun to watch, man. Like they, they really did a really great job developing young talent and you got, you know, Jerry Allen, Karis LeVert, um, Joe Harris. Those are all guys that were really rookies or unknown names at that time when they were coaching, uh, when he was coaching them. And now look at who they are. They're all getting paid tons of money. They're all key players in, in good teams. Um, so Kenny Atkinson's a name that to me stands out automatically. Um, gee, you mentioned the name David, David Vanderpool. Um, like you mentioned, he interviewed, he was one of the finalists for the magic job. He didn't end up getting it at the end. This team has shown, or our front office has shown that they like to go back to those guys that they liked before to bring him in. Um, you mentioned again the name of um, Jason Kidd. Like I said, he, he, there's some connections there. So I think we may end up seeing that happen in, the, in this search where we may look back at guys that they've worked with before and see if they have any interest in coming to Orlando to, to coach. Um, but like Anthony said, I, I would like to see a player come to Orlando in any capacity, whether it's a head coach or a assistant, uh, assistant coach. Chauncey Billups, Penny, Daryl Armstrong, like it would just be good for the culture of Orlando to have an NBA player sitting on the sidelines coaching these young guys that know those players and that respect what they have to say. Um, so for me, I'm, I'm kind of wide open, but if I had a choice, it would be Kenny Atkinson just because I trust his development um, of young players. Cool. Um, for me, I, I put this on Twitter earlier. Um, I maybe probably went what went too far with it, um, but I said this might well be the most important decision the Magic make this offseason, who they hire as the head coach going forwards, because we saw this under Rob Hennigan when we when we signed Jacques Vaughan. If you get that head coaching role wrong, it could really stunt your development of the young players. Um, for me, there's there's three players on the uh, sorry three coaches on the top of my list. The one we haven't talked about yet, which I would love to see, and I don't think it will happen, is Becky Hammond. Um, and the reason is I, I think she's going to succeed uh, Popovich in San Antonio when he eventually retires. Um, but I think somebody who's got that that respect among, around the league would give, would be a good uh, a hire. Vanderpool and Stackhouse are the other two. They're they're in their late forties, so uh, they've got a lot of NBA experience. Um, the one thing Anthony said, which he had a really valid point, is NBA experience doesn't always translate coaching into being a good head coach. We've seen this with Brad Stevens with the Boston Celtics. He come from college and he's developed into a really good head coach in the league as well. Um, I don't want Terry Scott's either. I just feel like that's maybe another Steve Clifford hire, a short-term answer. Um, and I think we've already talked about it. We, a long-term a long-term look is what, what we're going with. Penny's, Penny's more of a nostalgia uh, hire for me. Um, and... Again, we don't want to, like G's already said, we don't want to muddy those waters. Um, but yeah, you guys have already covered it. But yeah, Vanderpool, Stackhouse and, and Becky Hammond will be top of my list. Stackhouse, Jerry Stackhouse was your choice last time around, Mikey, if memory serves me right. Was it? When we went I can't for, remember that yeah. far back. Yeah. <laughs> when, we went for, when we went for Coach Clifford, yeah, you wanted him then. I, I think um, I think you've got to look at the links, haven't you, with Hammond and Weltman. You've got to think, yeah. right, what sort of past history have they had with Toronto and Milwaukee? Um, and Jason Kidd fits that bill. So does 
so does Jerry Stackhouse yeah. as well. Um, so whoever they're going to go with, they've got to have that trust in them, haven't they? One person nobody's mentioned, and he's getting quite a few mentions on Twitter as well, is Mark Jackson. Anybody, any thoughts no, on thank that? thank you. No, move on. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like Mark Jackson has been a name um, that pops up in almost every coaching hire since yep. he got let go from Golden State. And there, there's just something there that um, people are, are staying so far away from. Um, and you can argue that, you know, he, he built the Golden State Warriors. Um, Steve Kerr definitely took it a different level. And I, I believe yeah. that some of the main reasons that I've heard before, I want to say that I read it somewhere, was that there was just a major disconnect between um, the head coach and, and the front office. Um, and for any franchise to be any, uh, successful in any capacity, they got to be on the same page. Um, and, and I think that if there's one thing that you can say about our front office and Steve Clifford is that they were on the same page for a while until they decided, you know, it's, it's, we can't do it with this group. And unfortunately, that included Cliff. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be it wouldn't be my choice either I agree with you both um, so just uh, going back uh, a little bit now something that appeared uh, the week before last um, in the media is LeBron James comments um, on the magic from a clip from HBO's The Shop Uninterrupted uh, programme where James James didn't have um, that many nice things to say about Orlando um, so he stated, you've got to understand, anytime I hear Orlando right now, I get PTSD in reference to spending three and a half months in a Disney bubble. Um, now, I know the guys have um, spoken about this on their podcast. So I, have, I have listened to your opinions, guys, and I totally agree with you. But we'll just go over it again. Um, and then there was some additional conversation about Orlando never, never having a chance in free agency. Uh, with the LeBron uh, later stating if he was traded to Orlando, he wouldn't go and would just retire. So what are your thoughts on um, said comments, Michael? As the biggest LeBron uh, fan know. in the room. I'm, I'm not even a LeBron fan. I, I, don't, I don't hate the guy. Um, I, I, he's got more petulant as he's got older. Um, I think a lot of it's aimed at... The, the bubble from last season, which is why half of those comments come out. But he's still a bit salty about 2009, isn't he? Yes, he is. Definitely a bit salty about 2009, walking off without shaking anyone's hands. Um, so we don't want him here anyway. No, that's true. <laughs> so, so I'll come on to Al next because Al was quite vocal on, on the uh, Ozone podcast. What are your thoughts, mate? <laughs> Yeah, so I said earlier, right? I'm not a big LeBron fan, so him adding this to the to the equation uh, doesn't doesn't help. Um, my thoughts pretty much were, man, like you are the face of the NBA without a doubt, right? Like you are the one guy that the entire fan base looks up to to whatever he has to say. All the players typically respect his opinion. So my thing is, man, like any NBA city that he talks about, he should not be addressing it the way that he did. Joke or not. Uh, you know, you're being pretty personal, even though he's saying not taking it personal, Orlando. But the reality is he's talking about no chance in free agency. I'll retire instead of going there. Um, just I, I don't think there's a need for that conversation, if you ask me. Again, as, as the face of the NBA. Um, like you said, Mikey, I think he's still salty about the own 9 situation. Um, and it is what it is. And one comment that I did say also was, where is he from? Who wants <laughs> yeah. to go to Cleveland? 
who wants to go to Akron? Like that I can understand. Orlando, not for nothing, but it's a major tourist destination worldwide. You know, so I think there are there is uh, some people that would take value in that. No taxes. There's a lot of great things about playing in Orlando. So it is what it is. You know, again, I, I've never respected the guy for many different reasons, but this definitely does not help his cause. No. Anthony? Yeah, so so happy that you're going to come to me next. Listen, um, <laughs> when they made the comment or the way that they posted when they said, um, you know, nothing personal in Orlando. Now, I'm born and raised in Orlando. I took it personal. Um, listen, the, the guy says he had PTSD because he was locked down in a bubble where he won an NBA championship. Right now, he's locked up in his house and he got eliminated in the first round. So I don't know which one you would get more PTSD from. The reality is, is that, you know, LeBron was drafted straight out of high school. If he would have went to college for one year, take a wild guess which team would have drafted him with the number one pick in the draft. He would have been nice. Orlando Magic. He would have worn the pinstripes. Um, Orlando's not bad. And again, the, the fact that, you know, and Al just said it, you're the face of the, the NBA, uh, talking bad could, could make certain other players feel some type of way. Who knows? Um, I hated the fact that he was taking shots at at Orlando in front of you know Jay Z and Bad Bunny and you know these these are A list celebrities and and for forty five seconds they decided to poke fun at the Orlando Magic which I wasn't I, I didn't enjoy much um, I I read somewhere that he went zero three you know after making those after those comments went uh, went onto social media and and the the show kind of aired. Um, I get it. It's all entertainment. It's it's a show, and you you got to be able to market and promote a certain way. I just I I didn't care for it. And the fact that him and Kyle Kuzma are at home and have nothing to do with the NBA playoffs, I couldn't be more happier. And let's not forget, awesome. Disney World isn't even in Orlando. That's right. That's right. That's right. It's in uh, it's in my backyard in Kissimmee, Florida. That's right. <laughs> Paul. Okay. Um, as the elder statesman, I will have a grumpy old man rant. <laughs> First of all, how petulant and self-absorbed must you be if you consider that 95 days is enough to give you PTSD for being somewhere? Think of people who are in the military, uh, are posted abroad, who are in a submarine, on an aircraft carrier, on a destroyer. They are away for much longer and not in any way near as much uh, luxury as that man experienced. I also think it's an absolute disgrace how he's to the people who were serving him from the Disney staff. I think it's an insult to people in Orlando, and I think he needs to have a word with himself about how he behaves in public. Um, as to how we how close we are to getting a being able to pick up a star in free agency i do think it speaks volumes um and which is where coming back to what we've just spoke about with the coach i think it's why getting the right coach is such an important decision because it will have influence on us being able to bring somebody in yeah we've got the opportunity with restricted free agents that we can offer a ton of money this time around but i think when you look at somebody like phoenix they they were tanking for years they picked up various good players but it's taken until now for them to be able to get somebody like Chris Paul to help uh, Booker and Aiton and Bridges 
So I think we're way off on that. But And I think the comment from LeBron speaks volumes on that. But as to his behaviour, knob. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to bleep that out, Paul. No, 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 no. I'm leaving that in there. He deserves it. You got to keep him. By the way, I, I, I like Paul more and more now. <laughs> you know, but it's a it's a it's an interesting point that you said that um, when when I've gone on vacation, um, you know, there's been a couple of times when you know I went to Mexico or DR, and you know we get really close with with the people that we interact with, and the minute that we tell them that you know we're we're from Orlando, there there's been times where you know it's it it awkwardly got emotional because they're they're telling us that you know they don't they don't have enough money to travel to to Orlando and, and go to Walt Disney World that, you know, their their daughter at home is a big Mickey Mouse fan and they would do anything in their their power if they were able to, you know, they they wouldn't spend the money. And for a lot of people they they aren't able to do that. So I don't know. I I've, I feel like that's a that's an interesting perspective when when you talk about PTSD and you gotta be careful with the words that you that you say, especially for someone of his caliber, you know, his words, you know, they they sound or they have ten times more weight and value. I think it was on. It was it was akin to what you were just saying there. It's akin to how Rondo went off about it being like a what was his reference to the stand of the room in Disney, some motel. Howard Johnson Motel, he said. Didn't yeah, he? yeah. It, it's just petulant, and it just shows how overindulged some of these people are. I'm, yeah. I'm getting off my soapbox now. They're up their ass. Let's <laughs> yeah. just put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not getting edited out either. No chance. <laughs> no. Right, we'll move swiftly along. Um, so all of us have um, done uh, a bracket for the playoffs. So let's just touch upon the first round and how you see things have gone, uh, your thoughts on it, um, and how you're doing on your bracket. So I'll go to Paul first because I know he's leading the way on our our side so yeah. give us a rundown mate, mate mate I nailed the Eastern first round uh, got everyone right including the number of games that each one would take so well happy with that um, got the Utah Memphis one completely correct as well the other two oh, sorry the other three I have two of the correct teams going through but not in the right number of games and the one that's going to come back to bite me all the way through now, and I couldn't be happier to be wrong, is the Lakers going out because I went for the Lakers to, to uh, retain the championship. Couldn't be happier I'm wrong. <laughs> Never back on me. Never back on How are you getting on, Al? So, um, talking about the East right now, so Bucks and Nets, to me, it's, it's the most serious, um, the best series of, uh, right now that we are going on, in my opinion. Um, I got the Nets coming out on that one. Uh, I think they, they find a way to pull it off, yeah. even though James Harden walked off yesterday with, with an apparent injury. So hopefully he's okay. But even without him, I think the Nets are just too good right now. They're, they're clicking on all cylinders. Um, I see them winning in six games, that series. Um, Hawks and Sixers, I can see that. Oh, it's going to be a tough one. Um, I can see Philly coming off in that one if, if Joel Embiid can stay healthy. So... That would make the East Nets against Philly um, in, in the finals. On the West, I got the Suns and Nuggets. Uh, I got the Suns winning that one. I got the Suns winning in seven. 
Jazz and Mavs, I think the Jazz pulled that one off. I, and I'm, I'm guessing Mavs or Cavs. We don't know yet. Uh, Clippers, we don't know yet how that's going to play out, right? Um, but either way, I think the Jazz pull it off. I have no faith in the Clippers uh, in the playoffs. I just don't. Um, so in the West, I see a Jazz and Suns uh, finals there. NBA finals, I got Jazz versus Nets, believe it or not, which is going to be interesting. And I can see the Nets pulling it off and winning it all this season. Yeah. So where I'm at is from the first round matchups, I haven't got the games right, but I've got every winner so far going through. Um, although you've got to remember the Dallas Clipper game is tonight. I have Dallas going through there. Um, so other than that, it's a perfect bracket other than the games. Um, then going forward, I got Utah to beat Dallas, Phoenix to beat Denver, Philadelphia to beat Atlanta. Uh, and like Al's said uh, Brooklyn to beat Milwaukee um, West finals then I've got Utah Phoenix with Phoenix getting to the finals in the east I've got Brooklyn beating Philadelphia and then the eventual winners being Brooklyn defeating Phoenix so that's where I'm at Anthony how, how's yours looking mate I struggle between who I'm rooting for and who I think I was really going for, uh, I'm not a Trey Young fan. I was really rooting for the Knicks to to take it just because I really did love the environment. I love a really good story. And just thinking of them bouncing back after being so gone so long from any type of postseason play, I was rooting for them. I was obviously way off. I'm not sure what happened to Julius Randle. Um, but kind of just thinking of, or even before we get into the second round, but Miami being swept helps me sleep a little bit better at night. <laughs> Just the thought of the Lakers being now, the Heat being now, the fact that they Celtics. Were the, two, the, the Celtics, yeah. yeah, the fact that Miami and the Lakers were the two in the finals in Orlando was driving me absolutely insane. <laughs> so the fact that they're both out, um, again, makes me feel a little bit better um, at night. In terms of the second round, Bucks versus Nets, um, I was really disappointed in, in Milwaukee and how they played yesterday. I really thought that... Um, we were, we were going to see a little bit more. Granted, it's one game and it was in Brooklyn, um, but the Nets are just way too way too powerful, way too deep, even with James Harden out, out like you said. You know, they still have two massive all-stars on their roster. Um, and the way that Blake Griffin is is playing as well, it, it kind of gives him a little, a little more room. I'm not sure what Detroit was thinking. The Duke can still really, really play. So um, that's interesting. Um, the Hawks and Sixers, I'm rooting for the Hawks. I think the Sixers are going to end up taking it. And then on the West side, um, I got, let's see, Nuggets. I'm rooting for the Suns. think the Nuggets are going to win. I'm hoping that the Mavericks end up winning their game seven, but I think the Clippers are going to end up taking it. Um, and then ultimately, I think that the Clippers are going to end up um, uh, winning out of the West. That's what I think. Wow. Okay. I think so. Okay. I, I think that, for Denver, losing Jamal Murray was probably the worst thing that could have happened to them, as well as I think that Austin Rivers, an Orlando native, is playing really, really well. I still don't think that it's it's enough. Aaron Gordon, in my opinion, um, isn't doing what they were expecting of him. Um, so I think it's going to end up being Nets and Clippers at the end. And I could be absolutely wrong by like 5 o'clock our time. Who's <laughs> 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 taking the crown? Uh, the Nets. 
I, I think that the Nets right now are are smiling, knowing that they don't have to worry about Boston. They don't have to worry about uh, the Lakers. They don't have to worry about any of that. And I think it's going to be the easiest championship that uh, Kevin Durant has ever won. Sure. Mikey? I was doing all right in the East. I was only out by one game with three of the four first-round series. Um, I've, got, I've got the Nets in six over Milwaukee. Um, I've got Philly in five over the Hawks. I don't know if you guys have seen the final score. Uh, the, the Hawks game's just finished and they, they beat Philly on the road. So I've got Philly winning the next four. Um, I had Philly going to the finals, partly because they didn't want Brooklyn to, so head over heart a little bit. Um, so I've got Philly in seven, but I think with Embiid having a meniscus tear might, it might be an issue for the Sixers this season. So I, I, I see the Nets going that way now. Um, if, 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 if Dallas don't win tonight, three out of the four semi-finalists in the, in the West, I've got wrong. So um, I have Portland and the Lakers. <laughs> um, so they're both gone. Um, so I think it's going to be Phoenix and Brooklyn in the finals this year. I think Brooklyn are going to win it now. So yeah, I, I think that Embiid injury might just swing it the other way. And if if Brooklyn do win it, how how annoying are the bandwagon fans going to be? Oh man! Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't even go there. Don't even. Twitter go Twitter is going to be a place to avoid for a long while. Why? Because there aren't yeah, that many fans, are there? <laughs> 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 we'll have to do what Gary Neville did after Liverpool won the Premiership and just go off Twitter for a few months. There you go. Every so, Nets fan uh, has a has a Knicks jersey in their closet. And a Golden State one. It's yeah, like Lakers fans, aren't they? With Heat and uh, Heat and Cavs jerseys. Yep. I told you. <laughs> I told you this story t- yesterday, Paul, didn't I? When yeah. my my last game, uh, so we went to the playoffs. It was the last time we went over to Orlando. But when I last went with my wife, uh, we watched LeBron and the Cavs, and I'm sat. In the ozone, funnily enough, chanting, let's uh, beat the heat. And there was a load of uh, Cavs fans sat in front of me. They all turned around. I was like, yeah, but you were all, you were all Cavs fans last, you were all heat fans last yeah. season. So I was just <laughs> like, just go egg them on, haven't you? And how much, yeah. did, how much did you get from your wife for, for winding them up, mate? Oh, she doesn't like it when I would go to other players, but <laughs> that's what you're there for to do, isn't it? That's what That's you're there, all part it? of being a sports fan, the banter. You've got to give it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So um, Anthony and Al do this on their show every week where they'll do a simulation, which I'm quite a fan of. See where the magic come out and uh, they basically say who they're going to pick. So I would encourage you to go back and watch their last couple of episodes and see their analysis on who we would draft if we pick in certain places. But just for the this show, let's just say the Magic pick third and eighth and everything holds true to form. Who are you taking, guys? Al? And so for me, um, I'm a big fan of Jalen Green and I've been for a while now. I think he's a perfect fit for our roster. I think he fits in right at the shooting guard position, maybe even the three, depending on, on our new coach and how they want to play. Um, so if Jalen Green is available... At the three, you you got to go with him. Um, I think Cade is the unanimous number one pick. Like, unless we jump up, there's no chance for us to get him. So if, if we say at three, Jalen Green. 
With the eighth pick, um, I said in this week's episode in our in our podcast, um, I don't see the Magic drafting two guards. I, I just don't. Um, we have already enough guards as it is. So if if Scotty Barnes drops to number eight, that would be a guy that would be interesting to me because he can play the three, he can play the four, mm-hmm. good defender, um, not really a good shooter, but that's okay. You know, we we we're building a lot of good guards who can shoot, and we have a Okiki that can shoot at the four. Bamba, they can shoot at the five. So we don't need necessarily a shooter. Um, ideally, we do, but being realistic, again, I don't see the Magic drafting two guards. So Jalen Green and uh, Scotty Barnes would be the picks for me. And you went three and eight? Yeah, it's, it's as if uh, Alan and I should start a podcast together and, and talk about <laughs> who, who we should select because they're, they're kind of a, identical. Um, I, I think that the the top three, they're, you know that it's going to be Cade, Mobley, and Jalen. You know it's going to be those three. If we're at third, then you're really going to select whoever's left left over. And we're we're hoping that is Jalen Green. In my opinion, if if you select Jalen Green at three, is is as if you won the NBA draft. I think he's that good. Um, the eighth pick or the Chicago's pick. Um, I'm fingers crossed. I am praying that it conveys. If it conveys, what makes it tricky, in my opinion, is that our our roster is already so young. And if you take a look at last season, uh, you know, Cole Anthony, Chumo Kiki, who's considered um, a a rookie, finally playing in his first season. Um, Then you trade for RJ Hampton. That's already three rookies that you had just last season alone. Adding an additional two. Um, I, I think that it kind of overwhelms the roster a bit and it's really, really difficult to develop. Um, so I think that if you select three and that pick does convey, I think that you do everything in your power to try to combine that and move um, to get that number one pick for Cade. I'm not sure how that would work or if they would even consider it, um, but I think that the gap between Cade and you know the second and the third pick is really, really wide. I think that Cade could be a generational type of player um, but if that's not the case, then I would definitely look into a player like Moses Moody, um, who's a six-six shooting guard, and you know he's he's an offensive-driven player. NBA comparison is uh, Joe Johnson, so you kind of can't go wrong with that. Because um, I also the 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 left brain side of me also thinks that you just draft as many talented players as you can, pull them on in a room, and then have them compete to find out who's the best one, and then kind of go from there. So it's it's a really good position for for the Magic to be in, for sure. Definitely. Cool. Right. Before we get to some trivia, we'd just like to take the opportunity on the podcast, and I speak on behalf of the three of us, to say thank you to Rich, Bryn, Dean, Jimmy, and Rich, who run the NBA UK fans account, uh, promoting basketball in the NBA community in the UK. Uh, they nominated us for the best team-specific podcast of the year. Uh, we were lucky enough to win that, um, you know, going up against some great content from other NBA uh, team-specific fans. Thank you very much. Um, you. So, yeah, just wanted to say thank you very much to them. Uh, keep listening. And uh, let's go back to back, eh, boys? Let's do it. We can do it. About that. Let's keep, cool. keep attacking, mate. Right, so I got two quizzes for you, boys. Okay, now Paul's not a big fan of quizzes. Let's be honest, people. So, <laughs> I hate it. so the so the first part, I'm going to let you all collectively um, answer, and then the second part of the quiz, um, I'll let you go into teams. Okay, so the first part of the quiz. I apologise to whoever gets me in advance. 
<laughs> if I get it wrong, can we can we edit that portion out and redo it? Is that possible? <laughs> they won't do it for me any single week, and I get it wrong every week. <laughs> right. So, seeing as we're searching for the fifteenth different uh, head coach in franchise history, bearing in mind we've had one this coaching team twice, let's see if between the four of you, you can name the head coaches, but in order of most recent to the first. Okay, so I'll let you start it off, Paul. Um, would that be Steve Clifford? You'd be correct with Steve Clifford. Who was before Steve Clifford? Anyone? Just shout Vogel. them out. Vogel. Vogel. Vogel is correct. Before Vogel. Giles. Giles. Giles is correct. Before Skiles. Borrego. Borrego. Yeah. Correct. Before Borrego. Vaughn. Jack Vaughn. Vaughn. You're very good at this, uh, Anthony. Uh, yes, I've got get all my answers out early. That way I go quiet. I <laughs> 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 say, from a, from a fan from 2012 onwards, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Before Vaughn, then. Van Gundy. Van Gundy was right. Before Van Gundy. Well, back. Hey, I would he say spoke. it was Brian Hill, was it? Mm-hmm. It was Brian, Brian Hill. Hill. Brian Hill would be where I was going. Yeah. yeah, right. These next two were probably the most difficult. Before Brian Hill. Johnny Davis is one of them, isn't he? Johnny Davis is one of them, but he's not the next one. He's not one. the next one. No. I, I feel like we should get like a player hint. I think that would okay. help. Okay, this was, was, Doc, uh, was an assistant. Doc Rivers. No, it was an assistant oh. coach. There was, I think, he was quite friendly with LeBron James. Um, and he just came in for I can't remember about ten games at the end of the Johnny Davis um, season. So and I don't a, think he's had a you give a head coaching. So I, it wasn't a Chris Gent. Correct. Yes, Chris Gent. So there's Chris Gent, then Johnny Davis. I've never Davis. heard of that guy. I've never heard of either of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> so before Johnny Davis, you guys have said is it, it was. Brian Hill? Doc Rivers. No. Doc, no, who's Doc it Rivers. Oh, right. Doc Rivers. Before Doc Rivers? I'm just going to keep shouting Brian Hill until I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, a good, that's a good strategy. Uh, Hall of Fame. Broken clock. I'm going to be right once or twice a day. Chuck Daly. Chuck Daly is correct. Before oh, Chuck look Daly. At, look at you, Al. What's if, I, if I give you, I give uh, you a clue, um, the radio guy. Oh, Richie. coach. Uh, Richie. That's the one. Richie Alabato. Right. Next one, Paul. Paul, you got this one. Um, <laughs> would that be Brian Hill? <laughs> hey. I can see the, I'm just a genius at this. And the very first head coach of the Orlando, Orlando Magic was... Gukas. Matty Gukas. Matty Gukas. That's right. Okay. Um, Chris Jen. I'll put you into teams then. Let's go Al and Mikey. Okay. And then Anthony and Paul. So Paul Anthony, Anthony Paul, I apologise, mate. You've definitely got the short end. The short end. Mikey. We got of this. a very, yeah, very really. dirty stick. Your your cousins so, with Dwayne Bacon. I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> right. So th- so this game is uh, who's that journeyman? 
So I'm going to tell you the teams in order of uh, who they played for. And I'll also tell you the years that they were, were with the Magic. So each of these players played with the Magic at least once. I'll tell you the years. I'll tell you the teams before or after. You've got to try and guess who that player is. So Paul and Anthony, first player is... So the first team he played for was Orlando between 2000 and 2003. Second team was Memphis. Third team, Minnesota. Fourth team, Washington. Fifth team, Miami. Sixth, Memphis. Seven, Cleveland. And his last stop was in Denver. Any guesses? That's too easy. Too easy? <laughs> yeah. Really? <laughs> Do, do they get the same question if we get it wrong? I suppose they can jump in if they want, if you get it wrong. Just, just because Mr. Too Easy, I feel like he's just blowing <laughs> hey. I don't know why I'm thinking I'm thinking Troy Hudson. That's a name that pops up. It's not Troy Hudson. What year Go on, Al. Um, See, I was lying. I, was, I just wanted to make him nervous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think here. So we've mentioned we mentioned him today? No. I is it Mike Miller? It is Mike That's Miller. That's what I was thinking. Nice, nice. So in my defense, in my defense, Troy Hudson played with the Magic from 2000 2002. So I was there almost. He almost And he was in Minnesota as well. Yeah. yeah. He was in Minnesota also. Yeah. So close. Right. Point less than. Yeah, okay. So let's go with Alan Mikey. This one's quite difficult. Okay, so the first team was Washington. Second team, Dallas. Third team, Denver. Fourth stop was in Orlando in 2003-2004. Next stop was Houston. After that, Dallas, Denver, Charlotte, Portland, Miami. Oh, this is easy. Go ahead, Al. (laughs) That's a tough one. So you guys get the easy one, Mike Miller. Then we get this. You just name him again, G. Yeah. yeah so it was Washington, Dallas, Denver, Orlando in 03-04, Houston, Dallas, Denver, Charlotte, Portland, Miami. I can't think of anyone. Um... I, do, you want, do you want a clue? Please. So he's currently an assistant coach. After it, the last got team. Got it. Got it. Maybe not. Go on then. <laughs> After this, what was the I'm going to take stabs. I'm going to take stabs. What was the last team? Juwan Howard. Juwan Howard would be correct. Wow. Nice. That's awesome. There you go. Not bad. Because he was traded from Orlando to Houston as part of the T-Mac deal where we got Mobley, Francis and Cato. Right, so Paul and Anthony. Right, this is a short oh, one. Oh, there's, there's more. <laughs> yeah, there's, 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 oh, man, two, there's more. Two each team. You're good, you're good, you're good. Right, the first stop, Orlando, between 2013 and 2016. Oklahoma, Indiana, Houston, Miami. <laughs> I wonder why you've given me this one. <laughs> Uh, I'm just hey, having a, a wild stab at being Victor Oladipu. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Oladipu. Can I, 
Mate, that was far too easy. I know. Uh, too Paul, easy. Paul, Paul we were going for the struggled. sweep then. Paul and I struggled. Oh. I saw Paul sweating. I was sweating also. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so Paul, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I put clues up behind me. Oh, There's no, you've got it again to me, have you? <laughs> There's an Oladipo jersey up there, and there's also a Howard jersey. Now, whilst it's not Joanne Howard, <laughs> Howard is up there. Oh, yeah. There we go. So there's one more now for Mikey and Al to conclude. Um, so this is a current player. He started in Golden State, Philadelphia, Orlando between 2014 and 2016, San Antonio, Atlanta, Sacramento, Atlanta, and currently Miami. I think I'll I think I might. I think I might. Go for I'll, it, Mikey. Go for it. Dwayne Deadman. Yeah. Dwayne Deadman gets you the points. Yeah. Too easy. It's over. See, why couldn't we have that one as our first one? <laughs> it, get carried it, it was just the way. Just the way that one. crumbles. <laughs> so we could have actually we gone two go. and two this week. Oh man. Yeah, I know. If only you'd look behind at the jersey <laughs> mate to be fair who was the other Howard guy I've never heard of him Juwan Howard no he's, not, he's an assistant uh, fair enough I've fair also, enough. I, I, he's all, <laughs> his name's also popped up in uh, head coaching rumours as well a few his times definitely has. right yeah. yeah still didn't know him so, <laughs> no. so before we wrap up G so who's everyone's predictions then head coach who are you going with if you had to take Band a stab I'm I'm torn between Vanderpool and Atkinson. I'm with, I'll go with. <laughs> you want to say Penny, don't you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Penny is now. Um, I'll go left field. I'll go Jason Kidd and Jerry Stackhouse. I'm Stackhouse. I'm, I think it could be Jerry Stackhouse. I think it's. I agree with Anthony. It's one of those two for me. And the way that the Orlando role is going to be none of the names <laughs> that we just mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> it will be some like coaching in, in Europe somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, there we go. So uh, thank you, Anthony and Al, for joining us for this episode. Hope you had a good time. Absolutely, guys. It was, it was fun. We got to do it yeah. again. So. Yeah. Thanks for Absolutely. coming on, guys. Yeah. So for all the latest news, please follow Orlando Magic UK on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. Um, please visit uh, our website for all our affiliate links, including 10% off at NBA EU store with a code MAGICUK10. All um, Some exclusions do apply. Um, it just helps us keep up the, the payment on the website. Um, so yeah until next week or next it won't be next week will it when we do the next one guys we haven't decided yet have we we're definitely doing something on draft lottery night aren't we whether it's going to be a a full blown podcast Mm -hmm. but we're definitely doing something then because uh, it's going to be way beyond Mikey's bedtime mate now's way beyond my bedtime (laughs) (laughs) it's quarter past nine (laughs) yeah so keep an eye on our socials and we'll have an update there But uh, until next time then, go magic.